Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pod Stallions, the official podcast of PodStallions.com. My name is Frick, and with me to my left is Frack. How are you doing, Frack? Very well, Brick. Yes. It's a lovely Sunday afternoon, Mother's Day. Yes. And, uh, what what better way what better way to honor our mothers than record an episode, a podcast, and make podcast. On. yeah yeah yeah. Both, I, I don't know about your mom, but my mom does not know about this. No, no, no. neither does mine. But, my, but sis- my sister, my sister listens. Yes. And uh, you had an interesting idea for this one, didn't we, Brian? Well, yeah. In the last episode, we talked about busted pilots, and it's an obsession of mine. And I think you share that obsession a little bit, and. Um, we decided to come up with like a format where we each make each other watch a busted TV pilot on YouTube. And um, I was kind of, you know, in in typical fashion of, of our show, you you went a different way with it and <laughs> I respect it. Um, I sent you something insanely terrible to hurt you and you sent back the most sincere like this look at this tell me what you think of this (laughs) and um well damn you jason i was almost weeping uh yeah and so yeah this is this is basically our battle of the pilots and uh i want to kind of i think i want to do this regularly because it's one of my favorite things to talk about and no one wants to talk to me about it like i am not invited to many parties so, um, yeah, so we basically chose two TV pilots that did not make it to air, uh, watched them, and now we get to discuss them. So um, why don't we jump into mine? Yes. Because, um, like I said, I chose the thing that you could totally see why it didn't make it to television. And um, it was the Irwin Allen Man from the 25th Century TV pilot. Now, when I, I I've had this on VHS since the late 1980s, and um, I was always of of the understanding that this thing came out in the 70s, which um always made it look like the most dated thing ever now according to imdb this is 1968 which um you kind of have a little more sympathy for it because yeah, it's gonna, post it's 2001 be, you know it's got to be the 60s i yeah. i had never heard of this thing in fact can it be integrated through void six yes the factor is Alpha 3 infinity over the Z spatial continuum. In a hyperdrive starship, at what velocity do you enter the Quasar transition stream? Omega 9 times the speed of light is the null point. Enough. Your Earth name, what is it? Robert Prentice. Tell us about your Earth identity, Robert. I am 27 years old. I was born on the planet Earth in the year 1951. Raised in the mid-continent, American community of Topeka, Kansas. I was taken from that world as a child and teleported here to be trained for a mission of... Enough. Is the subject physically conditioned for anything he may meet on his return to Earth? Attack! Restrict. Negative protect. Aggress! I would like to give it a different name because the name is terrible. I would like to call it Irwin Allen's Kitchen Junk Drawer. <laughs> what was it called? Irwin Allen's Man from the Man from the 25th Century. And and before, like, I'm maybe just preface, but like Irwin Allen is comfort food. Like, oh my God, I loved Lost in Space. I loved Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea as a kid. I liked Time Tunnel. Um, they all have their place in my heart. And yeah, they 
are dated as hell and Erwin Allen was something of a, a thrifty man. I don't know if you've heard that before, Jason. Uh, I've heard. Yeah, like I think um, an actress on one of his films, uh, like one of the disaster films said, oh, Erwin Allen's going to take me to lunch at his favorite restaurant. And it was like Jack in the Box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot about the work overall the aesthetic of all the shows kind of um i was never a big erwin allen guy nothing against him watched i watched all the stuff that that you did and of course the you know the disaster movies and and so on but um you know you could i could always spot an erwin allen thing it just it just you know had a cheesiness to it and and a look to it and everything um this thing this thing really did look like (laughs) i mean i'd never seen it before i didn't know what it was and it not only am I watching like the first four or five minutes of it going, not only do I not understand what's going on, I don't think anybody in this understands. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody, any piece of dialogue that anybody's saying right now, the other person is fully understanding what they're talking about. Because it was just techno speak and babbling and just just kind of, and then we'll put you in the fibrillator to get the flonkadonka. And yeah, and we've got the radio umbrella to protect her. And then you will go there, and then what will happen is your image will appear in that body. And when that body happens, like, it, it sets up the rules for what the show is going to be, who this guy is and what the show is going to be. Um, but it, it's just in such a ham-fisted way. Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree. And the other thing is, this is supposed to be the setup for a one-hour television series. Uh, and this pilot is 16 minutes long. Yeah. It's be a, it could barely be a 16-minute show. And you're bored out of your... There are dr- long driving scenes, which just shouldn't be there. Um, and the other thing is, it's it, it literally is just cribbing from everything. He reuses music. He reuses costumes. Um, actors, too. Actors, right? yeah. James Darren is the star. He is the man from the 25th century. I think he's called, like, Topol or something. I can't remember. He's in Time Tunnel at this point, right? Yeah, he... I think Time Tunnel had just been cancelled or, you know... In fact, I think there's honestly scenes from Time Tunnel. I haven't, in fact, you know, like, checked it. But, um... I swear there's scenes from Time Tunnel in this. There's definitely effects. Uh, the Time Tunnel, like the radio umbrella Project Delphi thing they're protecting, has a an atomic core, and that is the... It looks very much like the Time Tunnel sets. Uh, you know, the Jupiter 2 makes an appearance. Uh, the, oh, it must have yeah, been. yeah, that's how he comes to have... Earth in. I'm falling asleep at that part. Oh, okay. That was like five minutes in, so... Yeah, I think I did. The actor John Crawford, who plays the, you know, the alien overlord that wants to destroy Earth, uh, really sounds like Leslie Nielsen. It's insane how much he sounds like Nielsen. Uh, Just the whole thing just doesn't really make a whole heck of a lot of sense. You just, Uh, you kind of, in fact, if anything, it looks like... This is going to sound really complicated, but you know, if you, let's say it was a modern film or something, or a modern TV show, mm-hmm. would you know would uh, find all these EPKs or these extra things to put on as extras on the DVD. This would be something that you would put on to explain who the man from the 25th century was. <laughs> yeah, you would say this is you know Johnny Johnny Thunder. This is what he does, and he's the man from the 25th century, and then have the people talk about what he does and you'll go there and you'll do this and this and this. And then, then you get to the next part where it's like, you know, karate fighting, you know, uh, uh, fighting with the, with the frog or what, all the different things he was saying to do where the fights were going on, but none of it, (laughs) none of it had to do with the the actual story of the man from the 20th century. You just just brought up the 1960s judo chop crap in this. (laughs) <laughs> it just seemed like this was this was the the character. What what what's his name? What's the character's name? I I, I can't uh, like it. It's Toro or Topol or Topol. Okay, Topol. Let's Topol. Just say, the smoker's too polished. Yeah. Uh, it Topol. 
this is this is his 16 minute character bio is what it is <laughs> but it doesn't but you walk away from it going okay he seems kind of cool he's got a cool car i like that he lives underground but what's the show about what i think the about? show is about he lives in the army base and each week that same dude attacks them which sounds dreary as hell you know, it's it's essentially the G.I. Joe cartoon without the imagination or the animation, I guess. Um, basically, man from the 25th century has different physiology. He's been he's been bred a certain way and he's such a badass that he can like if he comes back to our time, he can, you know, throw guys over his shoulder with one hand and he can punch through walls. And can't stuff. can't and wait to see him in MMA. With, with isn't, isn't, the, that the, isn't that the gist, though? Isn't that what he what the deal of what? Yeah, I guess. Oh, but he also has like limited psychic powers, and yeah, no, it it doesn't make a lick of sense. Or something uh, has blowing, or something has to do something. It's glowing. almost like when Alan saw the assignment Earth episode of Star Trek, and went, oh, but made it through his like weird worldview. <laughs> Um, because it does feel a little bit like the Gary Seven thing. Yeah, you're right. It does kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Except not at all as subtle or as cool. And you Darren, know, Darren doesn't say two words. Like he he says no, no. the whole thing. Like yes, sir. You know, correct. <laughs> That's he's it. yeah, and and there's just so much recycled, um, like sets and. Even archetypes, like, uh, you know, it's, it's got the army general, uh, very similar to Time Tunnel. Yeah. And um, were you disappointed as a kid when you finally got a computer in your house and it didn't explode into sparks when you just pushed it the wrong way? <laughs> <laughs> not, not exactly. I was just trying yeah. to get it started. But uh, you know what I mean? Like uh, between Irwin Allen shows and uh, Space 1999, you just assumed that if you got into a fistfight in the proximity of a computer, it was going to explode. Right. It was going to blow up. They're very delicate. Yeah. Then. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. There was also a lot of gold, if I'm thinking of this correctly. Wasn't there a lot of gold? Yeah. Like uh, the thing I really like about Assignment Earth is it kind of leads into that mid-century look. Uh, but tries to be sci-fi. And Irwin Allen's not a subtle guy. Everything, you know, he really, um, especially in a lot of his programs, he really liked silver paint on his actors. Did you ever notice that? No. Um, yeah, no? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, I guess I haven't seen enough. I don't, you know. Oh, God. Every, every alien on the time tunnel was just a dude that looked like the Tin Man. Okay. And like I used to joke with the other friend who watched these shows, like, did he just buy like army surplus of metal face paint? Because like every week, you know, the villain was just a dude in metal face paint. Right. Well, it helps with the budget. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Thrifty man. And th this one really shows it. But. Yeah, this is a throwing spaghetti at the wall pilot. It has an awful everything. It has uh, a bad Anybody theme to being in a screening of that or like whatever, yeah. wherever that was shown, whatever upfronts it was shown at. I can't imagine anybody going, "Hey, now there's our winner." That's yeah. what we're getting for next season. That, that meandering mess from come over guy over there. I'm gonna uh, order. 60 episodes right now. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go right to syndication with this. Um, yeah, it, it is uh, bizarre. And it, it's it was dated when it was filmed. You know, like, that's 68. And, uh, you know, it, it forgives it more than 70, which is what I originally thought the pilot was filmed at. But by 1969, you know, it, it's like if you tried to do science fiction in 78 that was like damnation alley my son and i were watching uh damnation alley which i think came out the same summer as star wars and but, but it's almost like it, it's it also it almost seems a bit rushed it almost seems yeah. like you, you you watch it and you go 
they weren't ready for this yet. Like they 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 mm. put the thing together without completely being ready for it because yeah. it's almost like you're watching you're watching a demo for a game show and trying to figure the rules out. Like, does if he stands on that platform, what happens? And then when this person comes along, but his powers only last for a little while when he sees the yellow, the color yellow. Or da, 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 da. <laughs> it seemed like, like, you guys didn't have this fully fleshed out, did you? You just needed to get something to present and, pot, you know, knock this together. That's what it feels I, like. I would like him, or I would like to believe that if you ask James Darren about this, he would go... Because I believe he's still alive, and he would go, "I don't know what you're talking about." I remember doing it. Yeah, because this had to be an afternoon in his life. And we did so much acid. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Time Tunnel was canceled in 1967. It, it was a single season wonder. So Earl and Allen was like, "Don't worry, James. Yeah, I got, I got you. We got, got you, you, babe. Yeah. You thought Time Tunnel was good." Wait till you hear about the man from the 25th century. <laughs> this thing's gonna run through the 80s. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be signing at conventions. <laughs> well, it was an interesting because yeah. I'd never seen it, so it was, it was certainly an interesting watch. Yeah, um, I have much worse to throw at you. Um, Good. And I, I'm hoping this turns into one of those. Um, you know, like trying to find the worst thing ever to show each other. <laughs> oh, okay. And I think I misunderstood the uh, the assignment. Yeah, you totally did. Because, like, you sent me something and I'm like, damn, you. It's just like when we pick our favorite movies of the year and I'm I'm talking about, like, exploitation. And you're like, I saw this fantastic documentary. And it's just like, ah. <laughs> well, I, 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 didn't know, I didn't know the edict was find the cheesiest unmade pilot you can think of and let's let's cover those so we, wow, we you, you had to find the most heartfelt thing i've ever seen as a pilot um like that that may be a little uh heavy-handed but i i couldn't get over how much i thought this wasn't terrible <laughs> i i i'm gonna i am gonna be nice to it i will be kind to it yeah. I'll tell you I'll tell you all the ways it doesn't work and why it doesn't work. Okay, but, I uh, actually think, I think we're going to talk more about this than anything I will throw at you ever. Well, when I think about pilots that didn't make it, I tend to think you know, certain ones land in, in my brain. Um, certainly UK pilots that, that came over here and, and nothing happened with. You know, remakes, we've, we've gone over that sort of thing. But there's a yeah, ton we of, did the Red Dwarf episode. And yeah, yeah a ton of, of, of uh, U.S. pilots made for, for U.K. shows. And in 2008, so this is right around the time that uh, not long, not long after the time that I'm, you know, knocking on doors every other day trying to get the license for Spaced, the show that um, Simon Pegg and uh, what she was then known as Jessica Stevenson uh, wrote together. And they were all directed Jessica by Hines Edgar now, right? Jessica Hines now. Uh, and Edgar Wright directed all of them. And um, uh, Nick Frost is in it. And Mark Heap and um, lots of familiar faces like Reese Shearsmith, you know, pops in. And, um, uh, you know, um, you know, well, actually, yeah, two of the League of Gentlemen show up in it. Um uh, who else? There's just a bunch of faces that some of the Bill Bailey's in it. When you watch it, you just go, oh, my God. And if you've never seen Spaced, you out there listening, I'm sure you can find it on Freevee or BritBox. It's or on YouTube. Maybe they're all up on YouTube. I was obsessed with this show. Like I, I, I first knew about Spaced um, seeing an article in uh, SFX magazine. And I recognized Simon Pegg and kind of read the brief. And I went, oh, OK, this looks interesting. And then it was, wasn't until... The first series got on in, on DVD, Region 2, that I started watching. And it just, it was the perfect thing at the perfect time. Because it was the show on television that was about late 20-somethings, early 30-somethings. It still hadn't got their lives figured out. and But it was really, really brilliant about pop culture references. You know, and, yes. uh, the lead character was a, a struggling comic book artist. The lead female character uh, was a struggling writer. Um, his best friend is kind of a military dude. Her best friend is into fashion and kind of an airhead. Then there's two of the roommates because it's a, it's a it's a 
like a quad quadplex that they live in. The woman that owns the place, and then another wacky. Yeah, my my delightful. I love the woman that owns the place. Um, yeah. So yeah. So it's and I, I actually oddly enough rewatched it a while back because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Like I say, sometimes I need to get a lot of distance from things if I know them too well to just then give it another go. Um, and so I just kind of had it on the background. This is a couple months ago, and just just found surprisingly fresh it all seemed like it, it all yeah. kept together the jokes the precision with which they they did these things and you know it was written very much in the you know um slightly they, they slightly had simpsons in mind not so much yeah. fan guy but simpsons in mind when you could say oh well at least it wasn't like it was the last time you went there and then whoosh, cut to an image in his brain where last time he ran out of the store crying oh. or something yeah, like I, I came I came into the show much later than you. Uh, my friend Joe DeRuin, Joe DeRuin at uh, the, the Meager Museum, he sent me, he gave me, uh, he sent me the the DVD of it and said, uh, you got to watch this. And I was sort of like, all right. And I watched it and I was like, you know, you're a person in a a, a desert sometimes when when a show gets you mm. and space, you just immediately went oh yeah no I, I totally get this and being you know semi-homeless in the 90s i also get that <laughs> that aspect of it and, and and so right there you go you know on paper conceptually this this you know should work anywhere else and you can you know reinvent it in different parts of the world and yeah you know, pop the characters out <clears throat> but it's interesting because it is a it is a, an extremely British show as well. Like, yeah, like, and something you know, always gets rubbed out in the wash. There. When Seinfeld was on, people used to joke about like the Drake's coffee cakes and YooHoo and things that were very, very, very East Coast, and that m much of the rest of the country might not might not yeah. get. But it didn't really matter. Whereas in the UK, it's you know it's Jaffa cakes and Twiglets and these little things that keep coming into play here and there and drinking going to the pub and drinking and, 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 you know, they were, they were on a network and on at a time where they could smoke weed in this show and mm -hmm. go to clubs and do ecstasy with it. They never said ecstasy, but that's what they were doing at, at clubs and stuff. And so it was, it was pretty tame, but all these things combined, you were never going to get into an American show. So you were, what were you going to do is try to get the characters, the core of what the characters were. And so, Somebody made a pilot, a U.S. pilot in 2008. Um, my understanding is that none of them were involved at all. Like they didn't have any input to this. To this, they they gave their two cents on what they thought of it, but they weren't involved in the production of the, the pilot. And right. the 2008 pilot, you go, well, this isn't terrible casting. You know, no. uh, the lead dude is that Australian actor, comedic Josh actor. Lawson. Yeah. Okay. He's been in loads of stuff, and now he. I think the thing people would know him best for was the, like Australian son of the head of the network in uh, Anchorman Two. He shows up in that. Well, he's also Kano in the 2021 Mortal Kombat, which I have seen because I have children. Oh, okay. So he was also in Mortal Kombat. Um, That's right. The young woman who played the Jessica Stevenson part. Oh yeah, is someone I'm very fond of, Sarah yeah. Rue. Sarah Rue, who's who's been in yeah. loads of things. She's great. She's always she's she's, uh, she's really great at idiocracy. And she was the she was the perfect kind of she was the perfect type oh, of person yeah. to be there because the the gist of of um, uh, Jessica Stevenson's character was never that she was you know she the, these none of these characters like like Simon Pegg's character Tim is cute. He's cute. He's not, you know, drop dead handsome. Daisy is very cute. You know, she's yeah. very cute. Sometimes she's pretty, but they're they're not. They're neither of them are like pinups. And yeah, who kind of kind of that, that's you know so far so good. Even though the lead dude is much more square jawed handsome, but then he's they get square jawed handsome. But he's uh, one thing that I do like about his his style is he's dorky and uh, cringy at times. Yeah, he which plays, which he really plays, really helps. Um, he plays that well, but the the ringer is Will Sasso. Yes, um, I, I just want to bring out that Will Sasso is playing uh, Nick Frost's character, 
I can't remember Nick Frost's character's name, Mike. but it's not Bill. It's Mike. Yeah. Um, Mike never really worked that well for me. Um, he always seemed a little off. And Will Sasso, they they rewrote the character a little bit, and it it totally works. Yeah, I mean, system space is that it's it's realistic to a point of what these characters' lives are like, trying to get by, trying to find work, etc. Yeah. But it's always kind of veering into the surreal. Surreal kind of things are happening, things that don't quite make sense. One thing, you know, something goes missing and then it turns up over here and it's like, oh, how did that happen? You know, they like there's a bigger conspiracy going on. Like they played with all the the stuff that was happening at the time in sci-fi and time travel and science fiction and X-Files. It all kind of went. And so Mike as a character was always much more big and broad. Yeah, but it doesn't kind of work in an American. It doesn't work very well because it's all about guns. Yes, exactly. You had to you had to change him. But Will Sasso is a great pick to be the U.S. He's a good Canadian. He's a wonderful he's a wonderful comedian, a wonderful actor. I wish he would do more stuff because he's he's great. Um, The problem with it is, and then they get this other guy that that's I think he was like sort of sort of East Indian, I think that the look of, of the character or the guy, and he was just, and he was kind of as, as the, as the, um, the artist, uh, uh, character. Now I can't think of his name. Yeah. In, in show, um, and he's just more sort of an oddball that doesn't really say much, almost like he's from outer space, um, which was never. Yeah. Quite yeah. Was. And, and, uh, Brian you, was the artist of Brian. the original show. And I can't believe. I Isn't forgot he, that freaking name. Brian's, uh, Brian's more like a, he's more like a shut in almost like this yeah. guy more. They're making the American one more like a like a, a weirdo the, because the, artists are weirdos. The, too, the, you know. the airhead friend of Daisy's um, is played by I can't think of her name, but she's never stopped working. She ended up being um, the big bad guy in the Amazon Tick series. She was the female villain. Michelle Kruziak. Yeah, yeah, she's the she's the um, she's the uh, uh, friend of Daisy's. Uh, Twist. Her name is Twist. Twist. Yeah, but Twist, and she is a weird, uh, like complete one eighty from Twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's she looks like a very calculating person, and uh, Twist. Yeah, is big and broad too. Like it's it's all kind of big and broad. But then it, the original one, you know, it's, it can be big and broad, but then it kind of lives and breathes on the small moments that work, the little the little turns, you know. So when you're watching this pilot, I mean, because I know the original so well, I know that they're they're picking and choosing things from other scripts to yeah. stick in here. So if all of a sudden you've got a moment that, you know, doesn't happen until episode three or four. They're just dropping it in here to kind of do this blender. To sell the show. Yeah. Here, yeah, here's what made the show work. Um, but but from a start, here here's the issue. The very opening of, of Spaced, the very first episode, you got Simon Pegg standing on a sidewalk looking up at a window. Your camera's on him. And he's saying, why didn't it work? What what, what was it? What? Come on, it's been five years. What, what, what are you, why are you doing this? And then in the next shot, you see the camera pointing upwards to Daisy, sticking her head out the window. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's just not, I just can't. I think I need my space and I just can't. And back down to Tim and Tim is saying, I'm sensitive. I can, I can cry. I can be sensitive about things. I mean, I, you know, remember at the end of Terminator 2 with the thumb, the thing I cried at that. And this is the opening that goes on for, for a few minutes. And the viewer thinks, you know, Tim is talking to Daisy. But as we find out after two or three of those exchanges, it's a different woman that Tim is talking to, and downstairs, Daisy's talking to some guy she had a one-night stand with, and just says, right. okay, work, you know, whatever. And that's kind of how the show gets rolling. So in the American one, it's just Tim out front giving the same kind of speech, looking up at his soon-to-be ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend, who's standing there naked with a box of Cheez-Its in front of his crotch, asking the guy if he can if he can drink his gr- grape juice or something. Again, that's not a terrible, that's not a terrible bit of comedy that 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 happened, but the the cleverness of the way Edgar Wright shot that and why it works so well with the way that show moved 
right there you go. You will never get the gist of space in an American sitcom because it, it just it moves too fast. There's too much going involved in it. Um, it's a it's a 22 each is a 22 minute episode, but you've got you know 35 minutes of information going in each one of them. But it's it's not a terrible pilot. It's not you know it's not a total abomination or anything. No, I actually uh, it bothers me that it didn't get to series because. As you know, we we've all watched shows kind of fumble it, and that is a very relatable show. Um, and I also want to just like I hate the fact, and I don't want to make enemies here on the show, but I hate the fact that The Big Bang Theory is like a popular show about people that are geeky, right? When it, it doesn't, it is it is a caricature. And that spaced, um, that spaced pilot was pretty damn accurate. I frankly, and, I think yeah. the big theory has set things back about twenty years, twenty five years with the with the you know the belt belt buckle up to your nipples and you know. Oh my nipples. stars! Yeah, um, they, I, and I always hated like you know when I did mingle with uh, you know. Uh, people not in my universe and they they found out i liked you know whatever anything that was you know film or superhero related they'd go oh do you like the big bang theory and it's just like no i do not um because it's yeah i i've never been a fan of that sort of portrayal no no and there are some people that do love it i get it that still love geeky stuff you're you're more than welcome to it but you know yeah i i wrote a pilot and a show Bible for a show. This is going back about 15 years now, maybe 13 years. And it was going to be called Comic Book Wednesday. And it was going to take place at a comic book shop in Burbank. So new, new Comic Book Day. New Comic Book Day, Comic Book Wednesday. The various characters that come in, just like Barney Miller or Cheers or whatever it is. Here's a guy who's who's newly married with a new baby. He doesn't know how, what the hell, I don't know how to be a dad. Uh, the young guy who's an artist who wants to start making his own books. Uh, you know, the the anime chick, you know, had all these characters. And then the guy that owned it was was the good guy that was always like, look, if you can't pay for it today, don't worry. You can get me next week, blah, blah, blah. But this big new evil conglomerate is about to open down the streets that's going to have DVDs and, you know, comic graphic novels and, uh, you know, appearances of celebrities and all this. And, that. and we're trying to keep the shop open. And then the lead guy gets made you know, co-manager and they're trying to get, you know, and that was the gist of it. But it was, there were no stereotypes. It was like, these are the, these are the faces and the voices that you see in a comic book shop. It's not just all neckbeard, you know, chubby neckbeard guys in ball caps. And and then when, so then when I found Spaced, I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of the, this is kind of it. Even though he's the comic book guy, mostly they all kind of, and the references in space. There's so many references to Who and, and Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet and Warzel Gummidge and, you know, all the different shows. It, it's very, it's, you know, the, again, the, you, you could probably do it, but just like Life on Mars, when we talked about that, a lot of space has to do with, you know, a certain age group getting wasted, you know, coming home and lighting up a joint and just playing video games, not doing anything. And you'd have to, spend a lot more time in the coffee shop probably in the American space than anything else. And yeah, right. Right. You know, yeah. Because yeah, you could yeah, actually you depict what's different. going on in real places. Right. Yeah. You'd want to, if you'd want to do it, you'd want it. So it didn't look like every other sitcom of characters out there. So having said that with, with who they chose for these roles, they did a nice job. They weren't out there looking for sexy, Tim, sexy, Mike, and so they did a really good job of trying to match to to the uk characters i thought yeah the red dwarf pilots always suffer from being too sexy you know yeah crowd too yeah (laughs) sorry i had a cough there um yeah i mean joel McHale as roy oh my god like I love Joel McHale, but no, you can't do that. And we'll have to do that pilot as well uh, in this series. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I was over 
overwhelmed by the fact that yes the lead is much more handsome than simon Pegg, but he's overcompensating by just being vulnerable and dorky which yeah. feels right and um that's american jessica hines you know the the the, yeah, the, that, the, the okay. woman that yeah many of them she was i thought oof that's really good casting you know yeah she's 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 um uh, unconventionally beautiful yes yes totally. and um you know uh you, a believable uh they're a believable couple just like yeah. the first film like the first series was and you're rooting for them you, yeah. you want them to get together and i think that is absolutely perfect for the show um and once you get those two the rest kind of should build itself and i i I really feel like like it's hands down you won this episode if we were doing it as a competition. Oh, I didn't know it was a competition. It isn't. <laughs> uh, but I was saying that maybe we should morph this into a show where we each try to pick one that is, um, how do we put this, uh, something that would go to series. Wait, wait, say that again. We're going to pitch our show to go. Yeah, well, no, no, no. <laughs> well, we can we, we can pitch the networks every sweeps. Pitch this uh, what, what I was trying to say is uh, we should get this into a competition where we try to pick a busted pilot on the merits of this should have gone to series. Oh, a pilot that we think is should have been given a chance and yeah. should have gone to series. Or okay. I could just be messing with you each week. I, I don't care. This um, could, could be, you know, I would not, I didn't look at this pilot and go, oh, God, just embarrassing. Like, just, like, it's a pilot. You know they're going to find their, they're going to find their feet. And I think one of the guys that did this pilot, not that I'm a big Will and Grace guy, but I've seen enough of it. I think he was one of the EPs on Will and Grace, like the entire series. So, no kidding wasn't a nobody like he he knew kind of what he must have been a fan of the show and he he knew what he thought you know made shows work and um you know it just you know it was more tame you know with the let's go get a instead of going to the pub let's go get a donut or something and america is much more like the uk is so much easier to market to in that way you mean you mean just for a new show, you mean, or? No, I just mean that, like, America is very large and broad. Right. And what goes on, you you said it yourself, like, East Coast references on Seinfeld don't always translate on the West Coast. Right. The UK is a very small place filled oh, with yeah. people. Oh, so totally. they, they totally. all have communal, you know, humor. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm Canadian and, you know, my my grandparents from the uk but um i find their humor very relatable and um but that that doesn't mean it it translates to everyone in the world right it's the stuff that's in most of those shows translates to most of the uk like Mm -hmm. i mean like like from the time i I was a kid i remember always hearing about bank holiday week bank holiday right yeah it would mean that you know the bank wasn't open on monday so it was a three-day weekend order and one of the things that was synonymous with bank holiday weekends was an airing uh, and at christmas time especially an airing of flash gordon the movie this was Ah. just an entire generation of kids now two generations have grown up with is them showing flash gordon on the weekend on bank holiday weekend and the other one is the italian job like you mentioned those to any any Brit and they're going to go, oh, it reminds me of Bank Holiday Weekends. They would run that that movie and da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, and, and like there's nothing like that in, a, you know, in America on the whole, because it's just so it's so all over the place. There's just too many regional things and, um, you know, distinctive, specific things. <laughs> I just picked up words like daft. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a whole new vocabulary from the time. Yeah. Was, yeah. But that was the one. And I, and I thought that was I thought I'd pick it because it's like this is not a terrible version of, of a, a UK show. It, it just it went to pilot. Nothing happened with it. But it's um, 
it's you know it's a good like, they gave it the old college try for me personally i think that like when we i first envisioned this show this idea it would be it would be just terrible stuff and then the first thing you show me is something i go i would have watched this this is pretty good you know uh next time i'll find something terrible that oh okay yeah like everyone yeah. Allen's junk drawer yeah I, I called dibs on mr and mrs dracula or whatever it was called oh yeah you get that <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> Who actually got two episodes, right? It wasn't just a pilot. He got two episodes. Didn't Who he? is the star of Mr. and Mrs. Dracula again? Uh, Dick Sean. Dick Sean, yeah. Do you know how I discovered who Dick Sean was? Uh, mad, 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 mad world? No, when he died. Um, oh. Yeah, he, he died... Um, not long after he made a movie called, or maybe it was uh, Made to Order. Right. It was with, uh, with Ali Sheedy. Yes. That I went and saw <laughs> as a kid. And that's how you knew who, who, who Dick Sean was? Well, yeah, because he died like when that came out and they were making a big deal out of this is his final film. And I was like, bet he's happy about this. You know, you know, how, you know how he died, right? He had a heart attack, didn't he? He had, a, he had a heart attack on stage. Oh, shoot. I think it was an improv class or something, or maybe it was a production, an actual play. But he had a heart attack on stage. And for the first few minutes, because he was always so erratic in his performances, and he, he was a, a wacky dude. Like, he just was never serious. Everybody thought it was a gag. Everybody thought he was... Nobody went over to the body and went, okay, come on, Dick. What are we so doing? it was a Red Fox or uh, a Tommy Cooper. It was a, it was a Tommy Cooper kind of thing. Tommy but, but Cooper, yeah. Whereas Tommy Cooper you saw and you went, ooh, that looks bad. Yeah, that, 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 that somebody get an adult. <laughs> yeah, this one, uh, nobody knew for, for a few minutes that he was. Oh, no kidding, eh? Yeah. Because the Red, the Red Fox was, everyone thought he was doing the Elizabeth bit. Right. And I knew a woman once who was in the play with Dick Sean and she, she had been in the play and on stage that, that night and said, he was so, he was so different every night in that play. Like you just couldn't, he, he just, he was so unpredictable that when he did that, when that happened, everyone thought it was a gag. Everyone thought he was, he was just joking, but you must've seen him. In, you must've seen him in, uh, uh, Love at First Bite before Made to Order. You saw Love at First Bite in the theater, didn't you? I didn't see it in the theater, but um, I forgot he was in that, actually. Like, you know, like as a kid, you don't always pick up on who is who. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know, I remembered Richard Benjamin from Love at First Bite. Richard Benjamin, yeah. When I had also known, because I had older brothers, and they were getting to Mel Brooks, and whenever we could get the you know, we we went to the reissues of Blazing Saddles and uh, Young Frankenstein when they when they they put those back out. But um, the producers, like I, I I knew him from the producers as well, because I went to see that on a college campus when I was like eleven or twelve years old. Yeah, Benjamin. Uh, no, Dick Sean. Dick Sean. Yeah. Well, yeah, now he's... now you know it's one of those things where you don't when you first don't recognize somebody and then you watch something and you're like oh my god you know uh and that's one of the beauties of, of watching old movies yeah yeah what's the one what's the one about the high school hooker very famous one uh on hollywood boulevard she's she gets out of high school and she decides to be a hooker and then angel she, angel dick sean is in that dick sean okay. is in, he's in drag in that hmm. yeah he plays a, a a character in drag back at the uh back at the hotel that they live at or whatever <laughs> the apartment complex you know i don't think i've ever seen either of those dot angel oh. or avenging angel angel's a classic is it oh yeah okay <laughs> you know what i mean in in, in, a, in, a, in a particular in a certain sense yeah I, I like i like slock or schlock and sleaze but you know um and it's not it's not that sleazy that's the thing about okay because i don't i don't really like i i kind of draw the line at violence against women like it's never it's never been my favorite part of the the whole yeah. genre you know more like it's more like 
you know, you're laughing, like the way it's done and the way. Oh, okay. It's, so it's a big. It's pan. not graphic. But yeah, yeah. Okay. By the time you get to the climax, Dick Sean has a fight with a guy. <laughs> Dick Sean's in a wig and a dress, and he beats the crap out of this guy. It's just we've gone through the the looking glass kind of. <laughs> but he was a he was a legend. He was a legend. A big bird with fuzzy pink feet. <laughs> I had just as an aside. Speaking of all these things, and Flash Gordon, um, I had a, a few more sessions the last week and this week for Chrysler and. Um, you know, I, I forget that where I go. How is Mr. Iacocca? Uh, he's doing well. Okay. When I went into this, this studio to do this, this, this place has been around since the mid-60s. And a couple right. of the guys that run it, you know, have been there since. And everybody and their mother has been through this place to do VO at some point or another. And I'm, I'm dealing with one of the engineers, and he goes, well, you know, my dad was a big, was a big guy. Uh, voiceover guy. I said, oh, really? How can I always forget this? Tell me your dad's name. And he tells me his name is Bob, Bob Frost, Bob Frost, maybe. No, that's not right. Bob something. And the name is just kind of hovering in my head. Like, I know this name. I know this name. Okay. And he goes, well, he goes, did you ever see the, the Lorax, the cartoon Lorax, you know, the, yeah. uh, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, well, that was my dad, the Lorax. Like, I'm the Lorax. I speak for the trees. That guy? And he's like, yes, that was him. That was him. And he goes, did you ever see a movie called Wizards? Uh, I think Ralph Bakshi did it. I said, yeah, I know Wizards. And his dad played the the head wizard. I think his name was Avatar in that. He also did the voice of the owl on the New Zoo Review. Um, but I oh, remember- that guy. Oh, that is so serendipitous because we were talking about that in the Pod Stallions group. Mm. And somebody brought up the... Um, the, the there's a, there is a, uh, a infamous new zoo review uh, blooper reel and the owl is exceptionally quick-witted yes um yep. and like to the point of like damn dude like you are funny that's his dad and and they and they oh, shot God. that so you had i think they were kind of like little people in those costumes and the yeah. voice the voice actors were off stage, but on stage, ah. and they were talking into microphones <laughs> to do the voices. And so when they slipped up or they wanted to, you know, do a bloop or something, that's where they were doing it. From. Okay. We, we got to talk news review for a minute. Um, so his dad, Owl in news review and did the voice of the grape ape, the great grape ape cartoon. That was his dad. Holy um, crap. Really? But I said, you know, I just something is still sticking in my head. And I realized. When Filmation originally went to do the Flash Gordon movie, they were making a 90-minute animated film for, you know, for um, late night, for, for adults, for prime time. That was the initial idea for that Filmation series. But the network saw it and saw some of it and went, no, 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 make, let's make it a series. This is too good for just one thing. Let's make it a series. And so he kind of puts the 90-minute the thing aside and starts to go after it as a series. But of course, the first 30 minutes it's in the TV movie is where, you know, Flash Gordon is down in in uh, London. It's being bombed by the Nazis. Yeah. Like, Dukas, all that stuff. But that's all been, been taken out, whatever. Anyway, the only two things that change besides some of the editing is a couple of voices. And so in the original film that didn't actually finally air until 1982 on nbc okay yeah i saw that on, on nbc one sunday yeah. afternoon the voice of thun was by ted cassidy who was Lurk. yes and i believe it was the last thing he ever did um and that's then, probably right because he died of open heart surgery around that time that's right and the voice but he but he recorded it back in like 78 hmm. and then the voice of zarkov was by Bob uh, Bob Frost, whatever this guy's name Bob is. Like. Fro- well, his name is actually Bob Holt. Lord. Holt. I was gonna say Lord Holt. Yeah, I, I looked up Bob Holt. Um, okay. So Bob he Holt. was he yeah. was in Charlotte's Web. Oh. He was the Lorax. He was the voice of the Mogway. Um, yeah, he did a bunch just, of in, uh, in he in, did Dungeons and Dragons. He was the Shadow Demon. Um, he worked I'm just trying to find... Oh yes, a busy man. Um, oh God. Oh, he was the voice of the Hulk. 
yes, in yeah. the uh, 80s Hulk TV yes, series. The Hulk, the, the, I think it was the one right after the one that uh, was Spider-Man as Amazing Friends. It was the one after that. Yeah, like that's quite see. a that's quite a resume of stuff. Oh yeah, no, this, yeah, this dude, good this dude got her on. He was. Oh, friend. and he was in Kentucky Fried Movie, uh, doing various voiceovers. Yes, yes, and he was good friends with Bob Ridgely, who did the voice of Flash Gordon and Tarzan in the Tarzan cartoon. And he was the Colonel. And he was the Colonel in Boogie Nights. And of course, they <sighs> were good friends with Ernie Anderson, who's Paul oh, Thomas' yeah. father. Okay. They all. They all knew each other. They all partied together and okay. did all kinds of horrible shit Holt together. Was the voice of the demon in the the black exploitation uh, ripoff of The Exorcist called Abby? Oh, Holt. And, did... Yeah, Holt voiced the wow. demon. Wow. And there is a scene in Abby, and that even makes it more funny because you know Abby is a black exploitation version of the exorcist but the team is but there's a scene where the the, the demon just goes bullshit <laughs> <laughs> and i just realized that came out of a white dude <laughs> like <laughs> bob holt well he, bob holt. he worked with <laughs> that's the gray babe everyone <laughs> he worked with uh he worked with bakshi on uh, Fritz the Cat. He did some voices in Fritz the Cat. So I think he, I think Bakshi kept bringing him back for stuff. Like, so I'm thinking he, oh, okay. heavy traffic. He might have done some other voices like that in some of the Bakshi stuff. Um, I don't think he did any voices in Lord of the Rings, but he was the, he was the wizard avatar in the movie Wizards. And of course, he, yeah, Falk in that, you know, he's, yeah. he's doing, you know, Peter Falk. Oh yeah, but, he's got the little cigar in his mouth. That guy. Yeah, little little yeah. wizard. But um, but I thought, wow, what is what is smart? He's, he's like, I said, news you review? You're kidding me. Yeah. So like, uh, news you review is uh, a show that I remember mainly because of the reruns just before uh, Star Blazers <clears throat> when I was a kid. Yeah. So we'd watch it, and uh, I've talked about this to a few friends of mine before, but. Um, the main stars of the show are Doug and Emmy Joe. Do you remember the show? I think they were married. Yeah. And you have to sit there and go, lucky bastard. How? How is this? Um, and, uh, a friend of mine, I think one of the members of the pod stallions group, John Davis, always jokes about this is they have a, um, they have a, like questions for Doug and Emmy Joe. And he sometimes joins them on like a Sunday morning and, and talks to them, and I, I joked, I all my questions are, does Doug have photos of Emmy Joe? Uh, does did Doug save Emmy Joe's dad's life? Um, because I just, <laughs> I just don't get the thing. <laughs> wow, wow. Is Emmy Joe? When I was like nine, watching Star Blazers, I was like, oh my god, she's hot, you know, and. <laughs> I, I didn't care about girls at nine, you know? Maybe it wasn't you. A decent human being and a gentleman. Did that ever occur to you? That it wasn't any blackmail of any kind? No, I just, I wanted to know how to get in on that. Yeah, she was, she was delightful. I was like, oh my goodness, yes. And you know what? I think she honestly was the reason that I was so into uh, uh, Miss Keir from D-Light. She did have a Miss Keir thing. Oh, she yeah. Did. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, did, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, you're a Gen X kid and you've grown up on News Zoo Review and then you see Miss Keir from Delight. You're like, sexy News Zoo Review. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to get the owl suit out of the cleaners, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't seen those those bloopers you need to see those bloopers they're insane like a 15 minute <laughs> oh my god they're so funny it's, and keep in mind yeah they like, are of the was time 73 and yeah. it is what it is nobody well, should yeah and i just want to i saw something recently somebody has taped old sctvs as they aired in the 70s and there's some stuff being kind of like trimmed out of those for syndication over the years oh 
but I saw a sketch, and I, I swear to God, I saw this as a kid because whoever taped this taped it off Toronto television at the time, and I remember watching SCTV live at that time. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is the most brutal, unfunny thing you've ever seen, and um, it's basically a parody of a dog dog food commercial. Where the husband comes home, you know, the wife comes home and goes, I got dog food. It's John Candy. And John Candy could play menacing as well as he could play comedic. Really, like, he could really switch those. He gets serious, right? And oh, yeah. he immediately hits her and oh. says, you see that? You see that? Uh, and he, you know, he grabs the dog food and he goes, needs meat because my dog is no horrible slur. And... It's not funny. <laughs> like it is is like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that didn't work. Uh, but holy cow, like I can't believe I don't even remember that. You wouldn't have seen it. Oh, so it never it never made it over here. No, I, I think what happened was it aired when the original show aired on Global. And then it may have gone to the original syndication point. So, like, if they sold it to, like, 25 cities in the United States. But when SCTV got packaged again, uh, it definitely wasn't in there. It just got thrown out. Yeah, that would, I would have, I mean, it's like, there was some, you know, it kind of swims along that that whole era of darkness, that National Lampoon. Oh, certainly, know, you, yeah, like stuff that is buy, not going to travel this, well shoot this dog kind of thing oh yeah 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 i mean like when you look at a lot of dave thomas's oeuvre uh that's not gonna age well <laughs> you know lingy tang <laughs> people aren't so into that now dude uh, i don't think they were done uh necessarily to stomp on stuff they were just done uh because that's what they knew to do for comedy you know what i mean yeah, it just was, it just was kind of anything goes, sort yeah. of, it's, you know, we've, we've, we've grown, we've matured, things are better, we know not, to, what not to do, etc. I'm actually very proud of the human race when I think of it, you know, yeah. well, in my well, lifetime, what we've gone through, we, we've done a good job. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if we should be solving the world's problems when we're talking about busted TV pilots. But, you know, I always talk about I I said this many times before, but I just talked about this again with somebody about, you know, there's there's a lot going on going around now about, you know, with the writer's strike and with. Oh, yeah. You know, quotas for this and that. And you have to have this. And if you're if your film is going to be nominated for an award, it has to meet this criteria and so on and so forth. So regardless of what anybody thinks of any of that. um. I think we we grew up in a very enlightened time. Like the the stuff that we only had three networks, and then sure. you know, and, and then syndication, and then different things, whatever. And the uh, channel- by the way, I had I had actually four networks because I had CBC. Well, I don't know, and I don't know what what you know sort of boundaries were were busted, you know, on your side. But I can tell you, like growing up with a with a, a show with a, a, a one of the lead characters is a gay guy like on soap it's comedy but yeah a lot of jokes were at his expense but to have a a, a gay character in a main cast yeah. in 1977 or 78 was massive it was massive and stuff like that i keep going back to the the, the top you know even the jeffersons even having a, a an interracial couple on yeah. national television it was huge you know for for a huge part of the country that would that was still you know living in parts of the past um, we had a lot of progressive stuff in 70s and 80s television, you know. Oh, for sure. Then again, we had a couple of white cousins driving a driving a car in the south with a big old big old Dixie. Oh, we, we loved we loved our <laughs> southern fried stuff. Even here, we liked that stuff. Loads of toys um, with the with the with the Confederate flag everywhere. <laughs> that was <laughs> for a while that nobody seemed to care about. But other than that, I think there's some pretty pretty good choices. <laughs> hey you know what this has been a fun episode and yeah. um 
Learned a lot, especially about Bob. I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this has been the Bob Holt tribute episode of Pod Stallions. Um, no, this has been a lot of fun, and I really want to dig into pilots. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, I I've been collecting these for years, and I chose this one because the most obvious choice for me is probably the next one I throw at you. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've got dozens. I okay. Right. Yeah. I may have, you may have to you know point me in the right direction because I, I don't know a ton of. Oh, and also I totally one hundred percent support backdoor pilots. Which is, you know, the episode of Chips where Fred Dreyer is trying to um, deactivate a missile or... Um, he gets his own show. He gets his own never-to-happen show. Uh, or the, you know, you know, you know what a backdoor pilot is, right? I know what a backdoor man is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do too. Zeppelin said uh, your backdoor man. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's um, the Lizard King is all right. So yeah, I'm down for whatever. Let's do all it. All right, all right. Well, Hopefully I can't wait to, to see the adventures we have. Can't wait to our... see. It turns out. Yeah. The Bob Holt Tarzan Lone Ranger Adventure Hour. <laughs> <laughs> this is completely different from what we set out to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be. Totally in line with my ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. That was good. Yeah, that was fun. Do it again soon. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody. And uh, see you in the Pod Stallions Facebook group. <laughs>